Father, I come before you, Lord. Father, this morning, you have given me a time to take your word in my mouth. Lord, and my Father, I am not worthy at all. You are such a good God that you are always with me. You correct me. You rebuke me. Lord, I thank you for your kindness upon me. I am a fool. I am a wretched person that many, many times. Father, if your presence was not there, what would have been my life? What would have been my thoughts? What would have been my deeds? Lord and my Father, I thank you, Lord. I submit everything before your cross. Have mercy upon this unworthy child of yours, Lord. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I thank God for this hour that God has God given. Uh, uh, we will be going uh, with the same, uh, uh, this is the last one, that uh, we will be completing that uh, uh, study. This is the fourth I think it is the fifth one, including the first one I didn't number. So here, uh, here we are. You know, we, we discussed about, I, I just wanted to give a preamble, because every time I give a preamble for you to join with me, probably after one, one and a half months, two months time, you are hearing it again. Uh, so God, uh, made man uh, in his own image and like, like, like likeness for uh, us to dwell with him. That was his purpose. And he has made one change in us than all the other creation. That is, he made in his image and likeness. Those are the two differences which even differentiate between an animal and us. So, we understood what is, uh, what is the image of God, image of God is His holiness and glory and uh, we and He is in spirit and then we meditated on the like, likeness which we meditated from uh, Genesis chapter 3.22 where God speaks that uh, the man will uh, the man will uh, no right and wrong and here uh, since he's eaten the fruit he will be like us we read that verse and uh, then uh, we understood that when man went into sin we had the free will before but we lost the free will as we uh, uh, we committed sin Adam and Eve committed sin and then from that time onwards the glory and the likeness we lost we lost then we see in uh, we see that we are under bondage totally under bondage we are born in bondage if we are not born again we are dying in bondage so that glory that we lost is not coming back to us if we are not born again Genesis 5.3 uh, says that Adam created his son in his own image and likeness. We see the difference. God created man in his own image and likeness. Then Adam created in his own image and likeness. Now, normally what we think is, because we are in flesh, we always think that we are doing sin. When we are doing sin, we are having the freedom. No. We are always doing sin. And we are not able to do the right thing. That is the issue. That is, that is what we are not able to see because we are always having the lens of flesh. The lens of flesh. So we always uh, understand. 
understand that we are in uh, bondage, that we cannot, we cannot, we cannot enjoy the freedom. Enjoy the freedom. Enjoy the freedom of choice, free will. So, uh, means, uh, then we, uh, we saw that even the first commandment that God mentioned, we are not able to ful fulfill. That is to love God with all your heart, with all your self. Now, uh, we see that it is true in our lives also because on a Friday if you have any important uh, thing that is going on or we always uh, uh, keep our worshipping God out of the focus and then we see that our prayer time, our personal prayer time is the last thing that we do and the time that we spend is only very little when compared to what we spent for the world. So very, very little. This is the problem of flesh, that we, the flesh will not allow you. By any chance, if you want to do that, that day there will be another is issue which will gain importance and you, will, you cannot worship God. So this is the, uh, this is the uh, paradox that you see here. Uh, we are basically, I wanted to again stress that we are in such bondage that we are always interested in pleasing men or our own self. Everything, our dressing, our worship, our intention of anything, that's all under bondage. And we saw five, five instances that, uh, uh, that we read that we are under the bondage. The, one, the first one was Jesus himself saying that, uh, that uh, the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their works were evil. That is the bondage of love for darkness. They don't, uh, 20th verse says, uh, uh, does not come to light lest the work should be exposed. So many of us, we don't come to light because, our, because we don't want to expose ourselves. Because natural man's love towards darkness is more than to light. Means that he hates light practically. Uh, for all practical purposes, he hates light. Uh, now, all this light and darkness are tested only at a particular point when you are tested, when you are tested. At that particular point of time, what decision you take is important. So, uh, basically, you cannot renounce something that, renounce something that you like because you really love the world, so you cannot do that. Then, we saw the bondage of love for self-glorification that we are always interested. We saw the verse from John 5, 43 and 44, that we are always interested in self-glorification. Jesus, Jesus says, you seek, uh, you seek the praise of others. Then we see the bondage of hatred towards God. And we saw in Romans chapter 8, 7, that the mind is actively, actively hostile. Uh, actively hostile. Mean to say that our mind is actively hostile means whatever we do, we are, if you really look into it, there are two things in that. One is the godly way, the other one uh, is, it is only for the child of God, that second way, it is very difficult way, but still that will be, oh, be seen. Uh, because our mind is actively hostile unto God. Then we see the bondage of spiritual death. We were all dead, dead in trespasses and sins because of, because of that. We are dead already, so we cannot do any good thing. That is the fourth one we saw. Uh, and the fifth one, fifth one, there are many more, but uh, the fifth one that we looked into was uh, the bondage of divine condemn condemnation, which actually the law which God has given 
because we are looking through flesh, that also has become like a condemn, condemn, condemnation to us. So we have all this five. Uh, we have more. Uh, if you search, God, the, uh, the, the devil has blinded our hearts. That is also another one. Our hearts are being blinded by devil. So there are many things that for the bondage. It is such a severe bondage. I just wanted to mention that the bondage is so severe. Now, uh, uh, Paul has all, already spoken about, brought Abraham into the picture. Uh, you can bring Adam as well as you can bring a Abraham. But in Abraham, it is more clear. That is why Paul picked up, uh, and moreover, the failure, and then the effect, everything is very clear in Abraham. So Paul uh, brought uh, a, a patriarch, the, uh, the father of faith, who is a father of faith, to show how miserably that he failed in the efforts to please God. How miserably he failed. Miserably he failed, like us. Miserably he failed uh, when in, in, in the efforts to please God. Uh, so, uh, so it is so important that uh, that not to lose, not to lose uh, the uh, know the will of God, not to lose or deviate from the will of God, we have to be very, 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 very uh, cautious, especially with the word, the meditation of the word, and sitting beside the word, spending time with God, because all this will help you to understand and you will hate, you will start hating the sin. You will start hating the sin. All right. You will start hating the sin and you will start hating self. You know, uh, uh, God had been so merciful to me that, you know, many times I was put to, put to test. But in all the tests, God rebuked me and... I was able to come back in the foot of the stool and say, I'm sorry. So, if I am still, I am pursuing that if there is anything, if there is anything, I am, I am ready. Uh, our efforts, all our efforts are filthy rags. We cannot please God by our own deeds. Now, when you say, when you do something good and when you go to God and ask and say, uh, you, you confess yourself that you are righteous, that because of our deeds are good. We are asking God, how is, how is my deed, how is my character, which is, which is, uh, which is a big blunder that we always do. So, with our deeds, we cannot... Uh, satisfy or God cannot ratify our deeds uh, he is sovereign of all and when you see the uh, chapters in, in chapter 15 we see that Abraham asked for not a slave he said I am having a slave uh, uh, now I am not having a son he asked for a son and God said I will give you and you see further he messed up when he waited for 10 years, we all do that, and he also did. And then we see that he, uh, because of that, after again 15, 15 years of time, God came with his promise, the promise that he gave Abraham. And when he was at the age of 99, he couldn't do anything. He is totally out of his physical capacity. His wife was out of his physical cap capacity and they have made another way out by the support of their own self. Now, God comes there and he addresses. This is the sovereignty of God. He addresses Abraham, not as a father of faith. He did not. If he can, God can do it to Abraham, how much how, what is our state? So we see that 
uh, at the age of 99, he said, you will have a son. Why he was specifying on son? Son, sonship is the one you can connect with God. You cannot connect with God as a slave. So sonship is so important to connect with God. That is why God sent his only begotten son. And when we align to his likeness, only we can, we can, uh, we can uh, know his will. Because only son can perform. If I send a servant to the field, I am not comfortable because I know that after five, five o'clock he will, he will, he will go to uh, go home. I don't know what he's done there. But when I send my son and I tell him, you go and do, he will not ask for wages, but he will do the best. So son, sonship is very, very important, which we will be looking, looking at it now. So here we see that Ishmael was born and uh, Ishmael was, uh, uh, was, was a product of fleshly desires. Then we, uh, it is important to note that waiting in faith means waiting for the promise of God. That is waiting on his word because we trust his word. That is why we trust the promise of God. That means waiting for the impossibility. Because if we, if it was easy, if it is taking this thing, I would have taken. This is normal. But what God says is, depend upon him. He is given the strength to do whatever is required to do for us. That is his sovereignty. But anything that we are doing out of the normal, God wants it to do it through him. Eating food is normal. But anything that we want to do, we are taking it choice there, our own choice, where God wants to be there. So here it says that you wait for the impossibility. Normally, all the things that we encounter, the trials and temptations are all impossibilities. And in that, at that time when we wait for God, you have the miracle of God. You see the miracle of God. But that doesn't mean that you should not act. That you, sh you shouldn't be uh, caring for what you are supposed to do. Don't misunderstand. There is a thin, very thin layer. If you understand that not doing my job and thinking that God will do, if you don't eat and, uh, and think that God will fill up your stomach, that is not what I'm saying. All right, so uh, maybe it's a closed door for you, but that is God's will. Your own way will be a bondage because God is a sovereign God. He does things in his own way. He is not a man pleaser. So we will be looking, looking at now uh, Galatians chapter 4, 22 to 25, which we, uh, which we meditated last time also where we, we read that Abraham had two sons, one by a born maid and the other was a free woman. We know that the son of Sarah is the promised son and the son of bond uh, servant is Ishmael. So uh, that is 20, 22, 23. But he who was born of the bond woman was born after the flesh and he of the free woman was a promise. We know. Now, Paul here brings this as a metaphor. Metaphor in the sense because the truth is hidden. He says that it's a metaphor and these are two covenants. These are two covenants. Which are two covenants? Hagar and Hagar and Hagar and Sarah. Yeah. So, uh, we, we, we understood 
that Hagar uh, is the cow, uh, uh, we, we read from that verse that, uh, um, uh, that it was a covenant. The Hagar was a covenant. So it is a covenant. Covenant, covenant means, covenant means, uh, uh, covenant, covenant means, Paul, uh, uh, two covenants, uh, he brings the two covenants made uh, with two wives is compared, one is compared to the sinful nature producing Ishmael. Second one is God, godly nature producing Isaac. So the two covenants are compared with sinful nature and godly nature. Uh, Paul brings into light the mystery of the sinful nature, Hagar, which is a sin-producing machine, made, made look righteous by fleshly deeds through the covenant by blood at Sinai, at Sinai, at Mount Sinai. Hebrews 9.20 says, uh, there Hebrews uh, uh, in 9.20, Moses, Moses says, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. That is taken from the Old Testament, uh, but in Hebrews 9.20 says, the blood confirms and he sprinkles on, uh, on everything in the tabernacle. So, here, this covenant was also by blood. Now, by bringing Sarah as heavenly Jeris Jerusalem, is producing children of godly nature. There also we see the covenant is by blood. Here, the blood of Christ is the covenant of blood made by God. When we read uh, Mark 14:24, at the time of bread breaking, we read that, and he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. So you see that these two covenants, the covenants uh, 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 God, has, God, has, God has made, uh, the effect of that covenant is one is sinful nature and the other one is godly nature. So the two wives are compared with two different nature. Uh, Hagar represents the fleshly nature and the reason for that is her unbelief. Hagar is unbelief in the sovereignty of God. Unbelief in the sovereignty of God which is producing slaves. Now, this uh, un un unbelief is portrayed by the substitution of human works. Looks very godly, but it is producing curse. Sarah represents the covenant at Calvary that is faith in God alone and in his sovereignty which produces freedom which produce freedom. So the bondage we saw in Adam, now we see freedom here. New covenant with blood is the godly nature. Uh, the free woman produces, uh, uh, produces the son of promise, Isaac. My question is that these two, these two natures, you see these two natures, can the two natures, uh, can, you, can it, be, it be found simultaneously in us? Yeah? It could be. But <laughs> you are really right. <laughs> most, most of us are like that because we want to do good, but we are not able to do good. But God says, just see what God says. Galatians 4.30. Uh, but what do the scriptures say about this? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance of the free woman's son. 
so it will never inherit. That means if we see like a uh, uh, like having both the both the natures, if it looks like red and black or white and black, what would be the color? Half will be black and half will be red. Lucky that God did not do that to us. If we were, if God was doing like that, means we will all be having two colors. So we are all in the sinful nature, but only Christ can do it. Only Christ can do it. So, but the Bible says that get rid of the slave and her son, for son of the slave woman shall not share the inheritance of the uh, uh, of the free, free woman's son. Now, the two covenants by blood, Hagar and Sarah, we saw that it's, the effect is fleshly nature and godly nature. Producing children, one is Ishmael, the other one is Isaac. What, what does the Ishmael do? Do not believe in the sovereignty of God. Ishmael, do not believe in the sovereignty of God. Because they say that, I believe in the sovereignty, uh, rather, he says that, I believe in the sovereignty of God, but ultimately when, the act, when, 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 it, when it comes to action, you raise your hand. But Isaac shall not raise his hand, because he believes in the providence of God. Okay. So this is producing children. Now the produce the children, you have now two children. Paul brings this uh, two different uh, uh, analogies, like one, one is uh, uh, Sarah and Hagar, and now you see Ishmael and Isaac. And then we see that the children producing fruits, that is unto one unto death and sin, and the other one unto life and righteousness. That is mentioned in uh, Romans chapter 7, 4 to 5. We will just go through that for your knowledge. It's very clearly mentioned. Fourth, uh, fourth verse talks about... Fourth verse talks about... Sister, can you... Yeah. Fourth verse, C. Uh, uh, KJV sister? Yeah. Here you see that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become the deed, uh, uh, dead, sorry, dead to the law of the body of Christ, that you shall be married to another, even to him who has raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So this is talking about uh, the one Sarah. Now again, the next fifth one, fifth verse says, see, members bring forth fruit unto death. So it's both it's mentioned. Uh, we will come to that. Maybe you uh, once, if, if you read from here, you may not understand. So we have that two different, uh, different ones. Fruits, how fruits is being produ produced at the end. This is the essence when you start from Galatians to the end, producing fruits. It's very clearly covering the whole, whole thing that we have uh, uh, looked into now. So, uh, uh, much deeper in that, I have just out outlined it. Now, let's move to Romans 7. Now, these two covenants, uh, Paul has brought uh, a very beautiful picture there. Uh, Paul has brought in Romans 7 that Paul uh, has compared in Romans chapter 7 uh, uh, in 2nd and 3rd. 2nd and 3rd. If you can uh, put it in K KJV, sister. Uh, here we see 
in the second verse, for the married woman is bound and remains bound by law to the husband. Uh, uh, as bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosened from the law of hus husband. Then, so that means this is a law, that if, supposing, if the married woman, uh, if the, until the husband dies, he, uh, she is, she cannot. That much strict is the law for a Christian. Now, I don't know, how do we look at it? Uh, then the third verse, uh, the third verse says, accordingly, so then if, while her husband liveth, she is married to another, she is called adulteress. But if the husband is dead, she is free from the law. She cannot be called uh, adul adulteress, but she could be married. This is the law, very, very strict, very, very strict. Uh, now, if someone mm, out of, you know, we are all growing old, one of uh, our, uh, our uh, uh, partner dies, and then you are going to dies or by any reason, only uh, dies if you are looking for another partner at that point of time. I would say that you shouldn't, but then if you, if you, if you look, as per the word of God, it is okay. But will you marry a divorced woman? Will you marry a divorced woman? You cannot. Because she's already the body of another person. They have uh, staying apart, but this is the, uh, the literal understanding of it. We cannot marry a married, a, a widow you can marry, but not a, 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 a married where she is having a married relationship. I just wanted to mention because someone came to me long back, very long back, years before, and they, he came and asked me. I said, you shouldn't. But by the time they have all, already done. Now, what they produce is slave, slavery. Every day, this God's, you know, how you can. Because by any which way, some problem will come. So I just wanted to make it, uh, make it, make, un make you under understand about the is issues. What is the problem? We don't know. It might be any problem during the period uh, you live. Let us uh, look at how Hagar uh, become the covenant and produce children of bondage. Ishmael. Let us look into that. Uh, Romans first. Uh, so, okay, we did not uh, cover one, one particular part. Now, this is, the, uh, this is the law. Now, in Romans 7.4, there it says it is different. The law, it, it, it gave the picture of husband and wife. Husband dies. Then you are free. This is what in 2 and 3 it is men, men, mentioned. But when it comes to 4th, Paul says, you die. You die because of the body of Christ. See, in second and third, you see husband dies. In the third verse, in the fourth verse, you see you die. When you die, what happens? This is a relationship between you and law. Paul, I, I, I think I missed it. Uh, he is uh, showing the relationship between you and law and then you and Christ. So to make it more clear, first he says this husband, that was a picture, but then in the relationship between law and you, you die. Not law, you die. And then what happens? Then what happens? You die and then what happens to the dead body? 
buried, resurrected. When you are resurrected, you find whom there? You understood? That is the meaning of that particular verse. That is the fourth, uh, fourth, 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 fourth verse. That you find Christ there and you are married to Christ so that you bear fruit unto God. In the same verse it's mentioned, fruit unto God. You understand? So this is, this is, uh, this is what is uh, basically showing us Sarah. Now, let us look how Hagar becomes the covenant to produce children of bondage. Uh, 7.5 says, the sinful nature, Hagar, when we were living in flesh, the sinful passions which were awakened by the law were at work in our body to bear fruit for death. You understand? Where, when we were living, because we were living in flesh, the sinful passions, the sinful passions awakened by the law. Why? Awakened by law is awakening your, your passions? No. Basically, when the law came that you should not do, all these things became something that you wanted to do, but you cannot do. You wanted to dress like that girl. You know, one of my cousin's daughter came and said, I want to uh, dress up in such a manner that all the friends for the party, they, they were almost half nude, you can say. She wanted to wear that kind of a dress and comes and says, Mom, Mom, I want to wear like this. Everyone is using that dress. The problem is, it was by compulsion. <laughs> that is not true. That is not right. It should have come from her that I don't want to. It should have been uh, from her side. But they did not agree for it. But that is, that is also not right. It has to be taught in the light of the word. So here, we see, we see that uh, in the in the in the fourth in the fourth verse that uh, sorry in the fifth verse we see that uh, we were uh, awakened by the law were at work in our body to bear fruit for death. Now uh, Romans seven. Now how under the covenant of uh, law Hagar the sinful nature of uh, man knowing the law with the righteous deeds of self fails to subdue the sin. This is what happened. Under the covenant of law, Hagar, uh, knowing the law with the righteous deeds of myself fails to subdue the sin. That is, that is, that is what we read in Romans uh, 7.18. You can put it in, uh, not in KJV sister, uh, in NLT. For I know that nothing good lives in me. Uh, the willingness to do good is present in me, but not able to do good. This is what we read in 1820. In the 22nd verse, I joyfully delight in the law of God in my inner self. And the 23rd verse, but I see a different law and rule of action in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and subduing me and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is within my members. This is what is happening to Hegel. When you have the, when you have, when you have the covenant, uh, covenant, Hegel's covenant, what happens is, uh, what happens is, uh, is 23. I, I see a different law and rule of action in my members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and subduing me, making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is within my members. Then he comes and says, oh, what a wretched person I am. What a wretched person. I want to do good. I am not able to do good. Now, 24th verse, wretched and miserable man I am, who will set me free from the body of death and corruption? This cry, 
of that person. This cry of that person is a miserable cry. And he cries, and uh, then he finds Christ. In the 25th verse, says, thanks, to be, uh, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, we see this explanation of, he mentioned 2 and 3 as the law, 4 and 5 as Sarah and uh, Hagar, and then further from there, how Hagar is struggling. Hagar means my, if I am Hagar, I could be Sarah and I could be, because if I am under the sinful nature, I am Hagar. But if I am under the godly nature, I am child of Sarah. So there you see how I was struggling. And then you come to know in the 24th verse, wretched and miserable. When you say that you are wretched and miserable, then uh, you find Christ. Thanks. Uh, then you say, thanks, thanks me to God. Uh, thanks me to God. We'll just sing a, oh, a, a line of song. Just, just please, please stand up. I know no one is sleeping. No one is sleeping. But I just wanted you to stand up. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is singing sand. All other ground is singing sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the wave. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is singing sand. All other ground is singing sand. All other ground is singing sand. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let, uh, now let us look uh, how did Sarah become the covenant and produce the son of faith, Isaac. Sons of faith, Isaac. Uh, we read from Romans chapter 7, 6. The 7, 6 talks about, but now we have been released from the law and its penalty, having died, having died, to that by which we were held captive so that we serve God in the newness of spirit. So we see uh, in the fourth verse we saw Sarah, that Sarah is supposed to uh, bear fruits and uh, fruits unto God. And now in the sixth verse that we see that we serve in the newness of spirit. The spirit is given by God. When we accepted Christ, when we accepted Christ, God had been so merciful, His promise will never change. And that is being given to you uh, as a spirit to serve Him in freedom. Serve Him in freedom because you were under bondage. Now you are a new person, you will serve Him in, in freedom. You have the, you have the free will to think whether I should opt the bad thing or the good thing. You did not have, but when you came back, you said, I am a wretched person. You, uh, you valued yourself before God that you are a wretched person. Then God gave you back that uh, freedom of will to choose. To choose. Now, uh, we read in uh, Romans chapter 8.3, that this is what happened. For what the law could not do, uh, being weakened by flesh, he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man. 
he came to in the form of Hagar in the sinful flesh. But sin did not have dominion. So uh, he came in the, in the sinful flesh and then likeness of sinful flesh as an offering of sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame So, that is why Son, Son came into us. Son is important. Only Sonship, only when we are in the likeness of Christ, then the difference happens. So, we are all, we are, we are to be adopted as sons. Look at, uh, look at those two sons, Ish, Ish, Ishmael and, uh, and uh, Isaac. Uh, Ishmael is, uh, uh, we have already looked, looked into that, he can satisfy not God. He can always satisfy by his actions, his actions, because his actions comes first. Then he goes and says, ratifies it before God. So Ish, Ishmael does that. He does and say, how is my job? This is what is Ishmael does. So we take the decision and now you see Isaac. Isaac, uh, Isaac we saw that when we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, it is a promise, product of faith. And then we wait upon the Lord, not any effort of man, believing God that he will do, he will satisfy, he will uh, do and we will accomplish God's standards. Standards. Only a son born out of promise, only he can walk in the spirit. Spirit is given to you. Now the spirit is in you. Now we, we are, it is our option now. We are the son. We are, how we can become the son? Only when you walk in spirit. If you are not walking in spirit, if you are walking in flesh, you cannot be the son. You understood? So sons, two sons, if you walk in spirit, then you become uh, the, child of, the child of God. Only a son born out of promise can walk in the spirit. Galatians 4.4 4 says, But when uh, God sent a son, I am reading the relevant one, God sent a son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem and liberate those who are under law, that we might be adopted as sons. See? We will be adopted as sons only when Jesus, God sent his son in, uh, in this uh, sinful nature that we will be adopted as sons. The purpose coming into this world that we are to be adopted as sons, not as, not as slaves. Yes, thank you. So, how do we inherit the sonship? The, this is, again, not the effort of us. It is the sovereign power of God that works. When you read Romans uh, 7.24, there you see how wretched, we, we looked into that, how wretched and miserable man I am. Who will set me free? That cry from within, from within gave you the freedom. That freedom is enjoyable. Because until, until now, you were a slave. Now you are overcoming that slavery and you become free. Now, uh, in, 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 that, in, in that cry, Christ, he finds Christ and he is planted in Christ. He is planted in him. Romans 6, 5 says, 6, 5 says, uh, we are planted, we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. 
and we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. That means we will be aligned to his death. We will be, we will be aligned to his death and his resurrection when this new person comes. The new person comes. The old, sixth verse, the old man is crucified with him and the body of sin might be destroyed. Might be kept in the fridge? No. Be destroyed. Be destroyed. Uh, henceforth that we should not serve sin. And the seventh verse, for that is dead, is freed from sin. Since you are dead, you are free from sin. This is the new man, the new man. We are talking about freedom, freedom, full freedom, full freedom that you are having. Uh, you, uh, when you come to the Lord, you will have that freedom. You will have that freedom. You will find that you are, you are killing the sin. You are killing the sin. How do you kill the sin? How do you mortify the sin? Not by your effort. Because of this joy, the new person come and the joy makes the whole change and you mortify the sin. You are ready to go and kill self. Say, say anything. Say sorry. Say I go and fall in the feet or whatever. Because your new self. So, uh, then... Uh, how do you, uh, so then after that when you are walking in spirit, 5.16, Galatians 5.16 say, when you walk in spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of flesh. And uh, then, uh, 18th verse, but if you are led by the spirit, led by the spirit, you are not under law. So now when in the spirit, walking in the spirit, you start producing fruit you start producing fruit. So fruits are not by works of man. It is a result of walking in spirit. It is not our... If you want to show fruit in you, it, that is not a fruit. You can show gifts in many ways, but not fruit. Fruit is, is a result of walking in faith. A result of walking in... When you uh, walk in faith, there will be fruit. And that fruit will be there at any time. You know, Jesus went and uh, uh, looked into a fig tree. It was fully green, but he searched for a fruit. Why did he search? Because he was foolish? No. That, even during that time, it, it is written there, it was not in season, but still we are supposed to. What is the unseason for us? When someone is against you. That's the unseason. That time you should have fruit. You understood? Those who understood, just say hallelujah. When someone is against you, that is the time the blessing is right at your door. That is the time that the blessing, blessing is there. So don't, don't throw him away. He's a blessing. You understand? All right. So uh, that you may uh, hear walking in spirit. Now, what is walking in spirit? Romans uh, chapter 8, 9. If you listen this part, you will understand what will... What is walking, walking in spirit? That is not your doing, it is God's doing. NL, NLT, sister. Uh, but you are not controlled by your ninth verse, sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. See, it uh, mentions that if you are controlled by the spirit, you have the spirit of God living in you. Uh, and uh, and we, we, we see that in the 10th verse, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Because you have made uh, right with God, the spirit will give you what? What? Life. You you have the life in you. Spirit is giving the life. You are not making life. You are having the uh, life because of God. Now, 11th verse. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies in the same, by the same Spirit living in you. In essence, that the Spirit 
raised Jesus from the dead, now that same spirit is going to work in your mortal bodies, in your sinful nature, to change it to the godly nature. To the godly nature. So who is doing it? Spirit of God. Spirit of God. So the twelfth verse, Therefore, brethren, there is no compulsion to live after the flesh. See, uh, note that word. There is no compulsion. No compulsion. The word is not telling who is, who is doing. What, what does it mean by there is no compulsion? What, is it, what does it mean? That God is doing. God is doing for you. So there is no compulsion to live after the flesh. You are set free. Then the 13th verse. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit, through the Spirit, look unto that word, through the Spirit. If you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of body, through the Spirit mortify your, uh, mortify the deeds of body, not by making a shout. Not by using your hand, your fist, your will, because your inner sins, you cannot do that. If you, if, you, if you do that, you will be crazy. So, what happens is, if you mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You cannot mortify the body by, by, by our, own, our own. So here, the spirit, the spirit should mortify. You understood? Yes, okay. Fourteenth verse. This is very important. As many as are led, led, led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. Who leads you? The Spirit of God. If as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are called sons of God. You understood? Now how to, how to, how to walk in the Spirit? They are called the sons of God. And 15th verse, this is a privilege. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Adoption. Why? Because now you are son and you call God Abba Father as Jesus did. As Jesus said. Jesus said Abba Father. And you are also given that freedom to cry out above above father uh, galatians 4 6 because uh, because uh, you are sons god has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts that particular verse also is telling is again again telling above father because again galatians 4 6 says god has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying abba father so only when the spirit of your god son is there you can call abba father abba father so the seventh seventh verse says you are no more a servant but a son and if a son you are a heir of god through christ you are a heir of god through christ you are a heir of god through christ this is this is this is important those who wa want to walk in the spirit and enjoy this, communi uh, this, this communion with Christ. You can always come forward. This is walking, walking in spirit. If you're facing, if you're facing a real tough time, you can come forward. Uh, uh, now, Galatians 5.24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified. Now, talking about those people who are living in spirit, they have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. Their affections and lusts have been crucified. When their affections and lusts have crucified, you know, you have a tendency to know others' problems, problems, and you go and share. Mean to say, <laughs> Yeah, I, I cannot give you an a, example for that because not not to uh, I cannot give a give a give, give a real example for that because crucify the flesh and the affections of lust means means that it happens 
through your inner spirit when you are the spirit is very much in you what you do is you your enjoyment is killing your lust and affections you understand that is why galatians 5:1 says for freedom christ has set us free to what to produce fruits the fruit is something that someone will come and pluck and eat the fruit is not for them not for us but others to enjoy you may not know that you are having fruit but others will come to know so uh, finally uh, finally I, i would say that if you want to walk if you want to walk uh, as romans 8:1 says that there is no condemnation for those who live in christ so if christ is coming in you have ishmael and isaac you have sarah and uh, uh, and uh, hagar and you have fruits unto fruits unto death at the same time fruits unto life so if you are an adopted son in christ you will enjoy you will be walk you will be able to walk in the spirit you will be enjoy the beauties that god has kept reserved as a heir for you may may god bless you all thoughts let us be on our feet hallelujah Ephesians 4:22 to 24 says throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception instead let the spirit renew your thought and attitude put on your new nature created to be like God truly righteous and holy i want us to talk to God Lord, I thank you for the salvation of my soul. Because when you have been redeemed, that is when you thrown away the sinful nature. Talk to God and appreciate him now. Lord, I thank you for my salvation that was bought with the blood of Jesus. Thank God, appreciate him that Lord, I thank you. And when you thank him, ask him to empower you with his holy spirit because it is this holy spirit that can take away the sinful nature from your life it is the holy spirit that will continue to guide you and direct you god empower me with your holy spirit let your holy spirit dwell in me to take away every sinful nature in the mighty name of jesus all the former ways that i've been living father Let your spirit continue to lead me. Whatever corruption, true lust and deception that is in my life, let your holy spirit purge me of all those things. Open your mouth and pray. I inform God, tell to God that Lord, you are the only one that can renew my spirit. Father, let your spirit let it dwell in me so that my my spirit can be renewed. I can have the right thoughts and the right attitude. Talk to God. You want to put on the new nature. It is through the spirit of God. Ask God that I want to put on the new nature. Create in me, let me be like you, Lord. Let your righteousness let it live in me. Let your holiness dwell in my life. Father, we want to thank you this afternoon. We want to glorify you. for reminding us about our sinful nature. Father, as we have prayed that your holy spirit will continue to lead us in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray almighty God that holy spirit that you will endow us that we keep us away from our sinful nature. Father, you will endow us in the mighty name of Jesus. Your holy spirit shall continue to dwell in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. whether we are alone whether we are in public or wherever we are the holy spirit of god we continue to live in us 
and will guide us and will direct our path to his righteousness in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. We want to appreciate you for your son that you have used for all this day. More anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. The source of wisdom you have given unto him shall never dry up in Jesus' name. Renew his power, renew his spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for each and every one of you as you step out into another new week, new thing will start in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. All those areas of your life that you want the touch of God, that God will touch you in Jesus' name. I pray for you today as the year is moving to an end. That good thing that God has for you that has not come to pass, that God will fulfill it in the mighty name of Jesus. And as many of you that are looking for work for, from God, that God Almighty will make a way in the mighty name of Jesus. That double door that God promised to open for your life, he will open it in Jesus' name. And as many that are looking for visa renewal, that God Almighty will perfect all that concerns it in the mighty name of Jesus. You shall testify to the glory of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, we bless you, and appreciate you for all our programs right from January up to this time. And we want to appreciate you for the remaining part of the program for this year. Starting from the Excellent Men program tomorrow morning, the Women Ministry in the, later in the evening, Father, we pray everything shall be according to your will in the mighty name of Jesus. Our program for December, Lord, take control in Jesus' name and let your name be glorified. All our services for the remaining of the year, glorify your name in Jesus' name. As we pray, as we decree here, even before we step out of the auditorium, let our testimony reach us in Jesus' name. Thank you, almighty God. We bless your holy name. We glorify you. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Shall we share the grace together in fellowship? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Do have a wonderful week.